0: Well hello folks, welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy, and as usual, you can always reach out to us at Chef Bright Comedy or Surviving Empathy Podcast. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we need your help. We need your help. Our numbers are good, they're getting there, but they're not perfect. We're we're still growing. This is our first year, you guys. And so if you guys contribute a little bit to the cause, you can go over to my PayPal or my Patreon at Chef Bry Comedy, and all that money goes toward the betterment of our brand and podcast and everything that's, that's a part of Chef Bry Comedy. And that is to help people that are struggling with mental health woes, people who are having trouble finding meaning in the world. We're talking about helping regular folks. That's what this is all about. We're going to be building and getting bigger and stronger and providing resources for regular people. That means charities. That means opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. We are trying to create a movement, but we want that movement to be for all people, not just for one type of person. We're trying to bring the world together to make it less punitive and more functional for all people. That's what this is about. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, today's topic is going to be all about working through our differences to arrive at a place of peace, harmony, and love, or at least tolerance and working together as a culture and society. Because you guys, for the last uh, long time now, it's been a while, last 10, 20 years now, it feels like our culture has is working toward getting worse. It's working towards hurting each other. All we're doing now is taking all, every cheap shot we can toward each other based on our differences, and that just won't do. And so we're going to talk about the spirit of hate versus love, equality versus equity, tolerance versus intolerance, and how to get into a mindset of elevated thinking and worldliness without it coming off as pretentious. So buckle up and grab a drink and let's begin. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bride Comedy, and of course, as usual, whenever I'm not by myself, I am with my co-host, the, the bestest of the best, Rebecca Russell, my wife, the co-host. You know her. You love her. Please say Hello. Hello. <laughs> Well, that was anticlimactic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell. And as usual, if you want to follow us or you want to support us, everything is at Chef BryComedy Comedy, except for... Uh, Instagram, Instagram is surviving empathy podcast. Uh, you can still find it through the search, though, through Chef by Comedy, and you can always support us on Patreon or PayPal at Chef by Comedy, and we really do need the help, you guys. This is not just a podcast. This is a mission. This is from the heart. This is to help real people, poor people, working people. We're trying to set up charities. We're trying to do all these great things. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, we can use your help not only for ourselves, but for starting to strengthen our brand so that we can get big and strong and help other people as well. And so uh, we just decided uh, this week that uh, all monies coming in to our Patreon or our PayPal will never be spent on our stuff, none of our personal stuff. Uh, unless we're literally starving and need it for food, but, but in most cases, it's going to stay there and it's there to help strengthen the brand, strengthen our mission and to, uh, get bigger and, and just start, you know, growing our infrastructure, getting bigger, doing more things and all that money, all nine dollars of it. <laughs> we're getting there, but, uh, it'll be there, uh, for a rainy day. So when we need it to pay for our, uh, um, equipment or whether we need to pay for, uh, our web host, things like that, our, our, our podcast host, that's $24 a month right there. So that money goes toward helping facilitate this um, podcast and the brand and the brand as a whole not only uh, encompasses my book writing and my comedy and all that but it also encompasses all of the charities all the newsletters all the things we're trying to create to be a resource for empaths for the mental health uh, struggling working class people uh, we want to be a resource for all regular folks and uh, you know it's hard to say that because i think a lot of people think well i'm not an empath so that doesn't uh, include me yes it includes you it doesn't matter if you're a republican it doesn't matter if you're uh, religious it doesn't matter we're here for all regular people all struggling folks and that doesn't mean that uh, you know you're on death's door or that you have uh, suicidal tendencies it could mean something as simple as ah, i'm having a little bit of problems with the job or uh, I'm just feeling a little bit oppressed right now, or maybe I'm just feeling a little depressed right now. It's all about helping all those people with struggles because that's at the end of the day, what we're all about is helping regular people get through regular struggles. That's who we are and that's what we care about. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So today, you guys, what we have in store for you is this. I'm calling this. Um, <clears throat> the whole title is this hate versus love equality versus equity, tolerance versus intolerance, elevated thinking and worldliness without pretense, and demonstrating these things through our observations and those little differences and similarities that we found between uh, California and Oregon. Now, we're using that As a a starting point for the show, we're going to start about talking about the little differences between California and Oregon, because we grew up in California, and seven years ago we moved here, and so there's all these little differences that I want to talk about, and then I have a big old list here, we're just going to go down this list, it's going to help steer the ship in the right direction, and at the end of the day, what I'm hoping you guys is that this is sort of a thought exercise so that we can arrive at a place of, of uh, being a little bit more tolerant of our rivals, being a little bit more tolerant of people out there that are different from us, finding class, grace, maturity, dignity, uh, not in a perfect world, but in an imperfect world. The world that Rebecca has to go to and go out to the grocery store every day and deal with some of the craziest, meanest motherfuckers on the planet, and that's what... We mean when we say that we're not trying to live in an idealized positive society. We're trying to live in a society where we are more positive and we're more cheerful and we're more progressive, small p progressive, more forward thinking and classy in a society that, frankly, is very imperfect. (laughs) You know? That it is. So... So the reason why I wanted to talk about our differences at the top of the hour between California and Oregon is because I find it interesting and fascinating and I'm always kind of surprised at the difference that Oregonians think about Californians and they're always so hateful of Californians and while I do understand intellectually some of those arguments like when you talk about uh, Portland and people moving from California to Portland, they raise the costs uh, because generally speaking, if you come from L.A., you make better money, you have a bigger house, you have more money, and then what that does is it raises the cost of living in Portland and... And uh, so people in Portland are getting kind of sick and tired of Californians kind of taking over their turf, I guess you could say. But then that sort of morphs into something a little bit more unusual, and I kind of want to tackle that. Uh, Babe, uh, since you've moved here, I just want to pick your brain about what uh, you think uh, the the differences and similarities are, in your own words.
1: Well, first off, with all the California hate from a lot of Oregonians... They're thinking of the the snooty people from L.A. Right, They don't realize right. that there's how many other millions of and people that poor don't folk live and there regular and folk like that. Yeah, so well, because, yeah, we didn't... Gr- I, I mean,
0: we're not from L.A. No. You know? We're not
1: even close, <clears throat> and we're not even close to rich, and we're not even close to the people driving up the prices, so... Well, and
0: we're... And I always try to tell people that um, I came here to enjoy the Oregon lifestyle, not to force my California yeah. lifestyle on you. Exactly. You know?
1: But then... We also brought our our liberal agenda, our liberal <laughs> views with us, and right. they just don't like, they feel like they're being pushed out of their
0: Well, that's their why I wanted use. to talk about this, because I do believe that we are becoming so entrenched these days in our political ideals, in our political ideology, in our political camps, that we get so entrenched in there that we barely have any room for tolerance or love or acceptance of others and for those differences, because they're so fundamentally different. Um, I kind of want to go into it, and we'll we'll do that part later. But for right now, um, I I just wanted to pick your brain about um, what would you say to um, Oregonians? or or, What did you like about California, and what do you like about Oregon? And then what do you dislike about California, and then what do you dislike about Oregon? I think that's a good starting point.
1: Well, um, I think at the time when I was in sunny weather all the time, I didn't like it. Right, and I loved when it rained. And
0: mm-hmm. yeah, me too, because it never again, did. Yeah,
1: but now there's so much gray and yeah. not as much rain. Right, but I still don't know that I'd prefer having sun all the time. Because it just yeah. makes people feel like they have to be up, and they have to be out, and they have to be on, and they have that's, to be...
0: Well, it, it becomes an extrovert's paradise, and that, yes. I think, makes introverts and, and indoorsy people and quieter, more awkward, shy folks mm-hmm. feel like they have to go out of their way to be extroverted when yeah. that's not their like, nature. Oh, it's
1: such a beautiful day. What are you doing inside?
0: Well, yeah.
1: I'm an introvert, so I'm inside because... I like it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm so. trying to avoid you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. So that that part of it is that I, I definitely didn't like because it was just kind of everybody felt like they had to be on all the time. Right. Carry this image and be Californians. And mm-hmm. that was really annoying.
0: Well, yeah. You know, when I first moved here, uh, the first thing I noticed is how fast I used to drive compared to how I drive now. I'm a slow driver now by... Yes,
1: you are. You know? <laughs> Even by my standards. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's because uh, my mentality slowed down. I, I was, you know, first of all, I think Californians drive fast because there's a lot of ground to cover. You know, I mean, I remember one time when we lived in Nipomo, we had to get to Morro Bay, and it was like 40 fucking miles. (laughs) Right. You know, so there's a lot of ground to cover, and I think L.A. is the same way. When you're used to having to cover lots of ground, you drive faster. Mm -hmm. But also, it's because the sun's always out, and there's always um, the beach, and the tourism, and the surfers, and all that. I think we get um, lulled into this uh, California, like, stereotypes, the stereotypes on the commercials of, come to California and do some yeah. surfing, deeds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? It's, yeah, that's totally
1: it. And it's it just feels like if you're not on all the time, you're not acting rich, you're not doing this, and you're looked down upon.
0: Well, and it feels like there was a lot of keeping up with the Joneses. Because yes. I remember when you were working at the pediatric office, that um, <clears throat> a lot of your friends were trying to keep up with, like, Mary and some of the wealthier doctors. And, yeah. and Mary was a um, PA. She was a physician's assistant. And uh, while I love Mary as a person, hi Mary, um, she she and the doctors kind of have a, a complete different set of circumstances as the MAs and some of the other staff. Talk oh, about that 100% a little different. So yeah, yeah,
1: so it was, and you know, it was a, <coughs> in the good thing about that office was that there was really good relationships between the the medical assistants and the doctors mm-hmm. and things. So you kind of almost felt like on a friend level, but then, you know, they would say things just kind of assuming you're on their level financially or as far as being able to go places or do things. Well, I
0: think they get so used to their life and lifestyle that they they really do forget how much other people are struggling. And the thing that really I started to resent after a while, because I did like a lot of those people, even the ones you didn't like as much, I liked some of the doctors, Especially if they were uh, more forward thinking, especially when they uh, understood your plight. But after a while, when you talk, hear about them going on their four vacations a year, and they're going on all these like place, going out of the country and stuff. Who in the fuck goes out of the country yeah. on vacation except rich people? Well, and that just <laughs> reminds
1: me of the time when we were closed <clears throat> the day after Christmas. It said on our schedule it was a holiday, but when mm-hmm. it came down to it, we weren't allowed to work. We weren't didn't given that option. But when it came down to it, we weren't paid for it. Yeah. So there was a group of us, um, pretty much led by Kita. You met Kita, mm-hmm. she, yeah. She was very very much politically minded, and
0: mm-hmm. I consider her a friend. Wrote
1: a letter to the doctors saying how much of a hardship it was for us, and we actually had a little meeting, and I actually talked, and I actually I cried, which mm-hmm. but just talking about how the fact that oh for you guys one day it doesn't matter but for us it's the difference of whether we pay our rent or we get to have a meal you get to of eat some food type and <laughs> and you could see like the shock on their faces because they literally Didn't. had not thought about it did not even cross their mind
0: right yeah and at the end of the day that's the thing that i think is so weird in this country is that we're being pulled by our political affiliations more so than we're being pulled by our financial status in life or our social status in life and while i hate status i hate status symbols i hate the have versus have not mentalities i hate the um the 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 republican versus liberal uh, mentalities the hatred toward each other let's just talk before we get into all that let's finish up our our, uh, experiment uh, our thought experiment about what do you like about california what do you not like about uh or what do you like about Oregon, and then what do you not like about those things? That's that's a lot of stuff. Well, but- <laughs> just, you know, on a general sense, you yeah.
1: know. Well, one thing that I that comes <clears throat> off right to the top of my head about liking up here is that there are, not that there are more working class people, because there are a ton of them down there, but mm-hmm. jobs aren't looked down upon up here. Yeah. Like, you can work at a grocery store, and people don't look at you like, oh, and- you work at a grocery store. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean,
0: it was so bad where there were times where I was looking for work down there, and uh, I would be desperate for something, I'm like, oh, I'll just get a a job over here at Ralph's, and then I'd get in there, and then they want you to have a fucking bachelor's degree, are you, like, Mm -hmm. are you crazy?
1: But then it was still looked down upon by everyone that lived so I do like that about
0: up Mm -hmm. here, that it's just kind of, and 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 of course we're generalizing, it's not everybody, but Mm -hmm. yeah, in general, but that does, it was a thing, I remember,
1: Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And um, both places have really cool outdoorsy stuff to do. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. great areas in both states. Um,
0: yeah. yeah, I love the nature around here. Yeah, I love, absolutely. you know, and I just don't like all the gray. Mm-hmm. I, I love the rain when it rains, but it doesn't rain as much as it used to. Like when we first moved yeah. here, yeah. I do think the climate change is
1: climate change. happening. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, And, and so that kind of brings me to uh, what do you think the major difference... You know, between the working people in California versus here, what do you think that difference is? Because it really does seem like, uh, working class people here are more, um, just treated like equals, treated like human beings. There, there was kind of a rich, snooty attitude, not for all people, but there was a rich snootiness that it made poorer people, working class people down there feel, uh, ostracized, feel alienated, feel Uh, different than and that there was a form of intolerance there and what do you think the difference is between there and here
1: i think just i don't even know i honestly don't know i think partially in california especially where we were there were just so many people that had come into the area that had money yeah for some reason their ideas and their ways of treating people just kind of permeated
0: i think that's exactly what happened is that our area became la light Mm -hmm. everybody was coming from the big city uh, wealthier, uh, more, um, uh, uh, not rural, but, uh, what, uh, what is That's
1: it? More, t- not, not even really suburban. The opposite
0: of rural. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to help me out, I'm dying here. Um, yeah. But city folks, city. Yeah, but, but uh,
1: urban. Like, urban, thank yeah. you. Gosh, mm-hmm. I couldn't find right. that word.
0: <laughs> yeah, you get the more urban, uh, you're young urban professional feel there and then you get all these people that can start hot yoga places they can start all these i mean it's to the point where your doctor stopped being a doctor for the general uh general practitioner so that she could work with having no insurance she didn't accept any more yeah. insurance so that she, she could specialize myself. for wealthy people only
1: boutique doctor a boutique doctor, you a, boutique doctor. Right. a yearly fee <clears throat> yeah to go to your house and be your doctor Instead of accepting insurance, she became a cash-only... A cash-only
0: business for wealthier, well-to-do people, right. Right. And while I don't have a hate towards rich people in and of itself, I do think those uh, attitudes start to chip away at people's mental health. It starts to make people feel like they're not good enough. And when you're intelligent and poor... That's like me. That's why. Why do you think I get so pissed off? Because fuck you. Are you kidding me? You're going to start treating me based on my wallet ba- and not my character. Mm-hmm. And so when you start seeing the permeation of those attitudes in our society based on their wealth and not their worth, it really starts to chip away at the mental health and the self esteem of regular average working class people. Yes, Why do you think absolutely. it's different here? Because there are some wealthy people here. There
1: are, but it's just not. <clears throat> especially like in our area, It's just there is just such an inundation of it all yeah. at once. Oh, not all at once, but over a fairly short period of time. Mm-hmm. And I just think there's less of that up here. And yeah. the people that are wealthy don't really feel a need to hang it over everybody's heads. And there are wealthy people here. Like, I see Tesla is kind of all over the place. There right. are people here, but they don't. Have that attitude.
0: Yeah. The- well, and the thing is, is that I think um, you know because every we go down there once every year, once every two years, and we visit with all our friends. We rent a car, we fly, and it's always a terrific time. Uh, the first time we went, we we were dealing with a lot of like uh, pe- like there's a lot of road rage, a lot of uh, angry pe- drivers and stuff, and uh, and then I noticed. Every time I go there, I have a little bit better time than the time before, and I think that's partially to do with um, that I think we l- are learning how to avoid the bad people more, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's also because we're growing up, we're getting better, and as a result, we don't, we kind of look to uh, to get away from those attitudes and mentalities because you know i don't think all bad rich people are necessarily bad but they're so used to the comforts and amenities of that that they forgot where they came from they forgot their roots or if they were if If they they ever if they ever were yeah. yeah but then they they don't know how to appreciate the the real working class struggles out there what do you think we can do to sort of uh, help them understand that we're people, not dummies.
1: Well, I think, like, what happened at that doctor's office, when situations like that arise, don't hesitate to tell them exactly what's going on. Let them know what kind of situation you're in and yeah, because what they're it, putting you in, because it, it just doesn't even cross their minds. Just talk right. to people.
0: Well, and, it, you know, like, I remember, like, Maureen, your, your old friend, you know, and I like Maureen, I like all of them, but I remember instead of, Instead of them fighting for their values, they would rather try to suck up to the wealthy people. And that, so it, it's like this. We have this top down economy. The, the doctors always have the, the nice clothes. They always have the cooler attitudes. They always have more freedom. And so you get the, the, the punch clock johnnies, if you will, instead of fighting saying, Hey, you guys are so pretentious and kind of poking and ribbing them to come down mm-hmm. to us. Yeah. They're forced to go up to them. And how mm-hmm. in the fuck am I supposed to relate to your rich people problems? Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. And that's one of my biggest problems with down there is everyone feels like they have to go up to that level instead of the opposite.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, I like California and Oregon for different reasons, and I don't like it for different reasons. What I like about California is there's a a lot of abundance. There's a a, a lot to do. There's a lot of infrastructure, and it's so big that you get every kind of person. You get the rich people, but you get a lot of regular folks, too. And I just think that those regular folks down there who are doing the workaday life, need to sort of rattle their sabers and say, hey, motherfuckers, we're people. And I don't think they stick up for their rights enough. And so it becomes this top-down society. And then, uh, you know, they all become introverts and broken. And then they look for my podcast because they need to step into some reality because they don't relate to their culture around them anymore.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Yep.
0: So yeah, I just I love I love I love nature. I love the hiking there. I love the hiking here. Um I, I think what I don't like about here is especially in rural Oregon, is that you just get a lot of classless morons. Just a lot of angry, hateful motherfucking people. And um and that doesn't necessarily mean politically different for me. It just means that the liberals are too woke. The conservatives are too crazy, and there seems to be no fucking middle ground. It's just crazy on all sides. And that kind of it seems to be what our political discourse is today. Yeah,
1: definitely. You know? Well, yeah, I, I agree.
0: And so that brings me to my next uh, point, which is rich versus poor, have versus have not, black versus white. Uh, uh, we're never going to uh, get rid of our differences. So, so what would you say are the major problems we're having right now in our have versus have not society and in our uh, black versus white, our cultural differences, our racial differences. And then of course, um, uh, you know, just how do we uh, tackle these differences without being scornful or hateful or racist? How do we tackle these correctly?
1: I think one of the biggest things is just try to talk to people like people instead of talking to them as as a conservative, as a liberal, as of yeah. this, as of that, just well on a human level, just be human with people.
0: My, see, and that's the thing: is like uh, I think a lot of people think that I have a problem with Christians or I have a problem with conservatives, and I don't. Um, <clears throat> do they have some unsustainable attitudes and behaviors? Yes, and that's what I try to address. But at the end of the day, um, my problem right now with with a lot of conservatives is that it's getting more radical. It's getting radical on the left as well with the woke culture and all that, but I do believe that that radicalization is getting them all stirred up, and it's kind of like that meme I saw the other day, that um, conservatives get mad at something that they thought up in their head. That's Mm -hmm. like what they're doing now, is that they get really mad at something that they thought up in their own head, and then get mad at liberals for it. It's like, Mm. dude, that's not even a thing. Like, (laughs) what do you think is going on there? Because I think That's what's happening is Fox News, that little uh, Tucker Carlson mouthpiece is always in their little angel on their Mm -hmm. shoulder. And then whenever they see something that they think is something they don't like, they immediately attack it as being liberal or, 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 you know, some liberal agenda. What, what's going on? I mean, did, when did, when did sanity, compassion, reason, and science become liberal? I mean, really?
1: No, I don't understand that. But it was, it reminds me of that thing I'd mentioned after we stopped recording last time. Mm -hmm. um, I just came across an article. They did a study with, I don't know how many people, but it was for a month. They paid, Some Fox News viewers, $45 an hour to Mm -hmm. watch CNN. Yeah. And at the end of that month, they actually, and it was during the election time, too. So, it was Mm -hmm. at the end of that month, they actually kind of Mm -hmm. believed more about the science about COVID. Yeah. They believed that (laughs) some of the election um, accusations weren't true. Right. They actually just had a more balanced... Imagine that a balanced, more balanced view about things. Just, just a month of watching that stuff and getting that toxic stuff out of their head. And the thing
0: is, is that I am not hateful towards conservatives, but I've ended a handful of friendships. I mean, there was this gal I worked with at Lowe's. You remember, um, gosh, what was her name now? Uh, Yeah, Marilyn. Marilyn, she was like, she was my best friend at Lowe's. We hit it off because we shared the same sensibilities. She was nice. She even got me a job over at uh, uh, that paint place, that Sherwin-Williams. And uh, and then one day, you know, she she unfriended me on Facebook because of something I said about equality. And the next thing you know, we're not friends anymore. And then I saw her... Uh, since then on my friend's page and uh, he was she was saying some crap and I was like prove it just I'm asking for a citation if if that's true then just show it to me prove mm-hmm. it to me and she didn't crickets crickets yeah. Yeah. yeah and so at the end of the day I don't have a problem with people being conservative especially if they're you know talking about freedom or talking about this or that but it just feels like they're getting to the point where they're So infatuated with the hard work in life, the Jesus life, all these uh, morals and values, but they're too, I hate to say it, they're too fucking dumb to understand that they're fighting, that we're in the same financial boat and that they're not getting financial restitution in this life and that the corporate agenda, those corporate oligarchs are brainwashing these folks. Into thinking that uh, you got to work hard, 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 but then there's never any incentive, and so they don't know how to fight to better their station Mm -hmm. in life. They just get mad at the liberal agenda. They get mad at, you know, the new world order. All these things. What is going on with that? Do you think?
1: Well, a lot of they just get stuck on talking points and not. Reality?
0: Yeah, because I find that every time I introduce a little bit of reality to them, they kind of just shut up because mm-hmm. it's like they're, they they can not wait to talk and then they, they show you up with their, their zinger and then you say something back to them and then all of a sudden it crickets. They don't have a yeah. response. And the thing is, is I don't like those differences. I hate having to be, be that guy because at the end of the day, I love her as a person, but she's she pulled the trigger. She ended the relationship, and I think we can all, in this culture, identify with the fact that we've all lost friends that are, are political yeah. opposites.
1: Yeah, it's so it's, stupid.
0: It's really bad. And it's
1: because everything <clears throat> has to have a label these days. Yeah. Like, if you just come into a conversation and start bringing up these points without uh, the That's agenda or the title right. or the whatever... Most of the time, they'll agree with you.
0: Right. Fancy you should say that, because I have that on my list, (laughs) is that I don't carry labels. In other words, do I call myself a progressive, small p progressive? Yes, because at the end of the day, you've got to apply something to yourself to say, hey, this is what our values are, and this is what we stand for. But at the end of the day, I don't want them to think that I'm capital P progressive, like I'm a Democrat only, because am I... Yeah,
1: Democrats aren't really progressive. But
0: Democrats (laughs) aren't very progressive today, right? And so the progressive wing uh, is trying to fight not only the regression and and, and tyranny on the right, but also the corporate Democrats and all these people that just don't seem to understand the utility of equality, the utility of best practices, good science, uh, helping regular people. I mean, here's the thing. Nobody realizes that we don't have a fucking middle class anymore, you guys. It that doesn't exist. Okay. And so when you try to talk about building up the middle class, that would help conservatives. That would help uh poor people. That would help everyone except for the corporate oligarchs. And yet a lot of times they they use these uh <clears throat> Tucker Carlson talking points and they sound like crazy people. What is going mm-hmm. on? And and I hate <laughs> saying that because I don't dislike the people, but sometimes these motherfuckers need a good old solid slap to the face.
1: Yeah, and it's just, I'm in a a retail workers group on Facebook, and the amount of people that were like, fight to the death in a comment section for something that completely oppresses them and fucks them over. (laughs) Yeah. It's mind blowing. I know,
0: right, right. And, and that's it. why I try to call myself uh, best practices. I'm a progressive. I call myself a universalist, if you will. And what I mean by that is universal best practices. You know, when you have best practices, it means good science, good economics, middle-out economy, not top-down and uh, it just feels like all the things we've been fighting for the last 30 years got thrown out the window because a new batch of kids are cropping up, and they're so insanely shallow and into themselves that they don't care about others. They don't care about their own station in life. They don't look to fight, fight, fight. And at the end of the day, I think I think there's a lot of really great young people out there. I really, truly do. But it feels like um, the ones that get taken over by right-wing politics... Uh, they're all about hard work, but they're never about fighting those tyrannical systems that are oppressing them,
1: yeah because they haven't been out into the real world and they don't haven't seen yet how much hard work doesn't do shit
0: well, and that's just it. I mean, I'm all for hard work and getting ahead, but there's the, if
1: you can actually get but ahead.
0: there's the the defining point for getting ahead if yes. you're not getting ahead, I mean, like I've told you, I would be proud to go start a job somewhere and work my way up the ladder, but guess what. If if I got to work there nine fucking years, and in the meantime, they're just looking for every excuse to fire me because of quotas or absences or this or that, it's like, you know what? Fuck that. I would rather build Rome myself than to go to Rome with no money in my pocket, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. No clout, no anything, no yeah. no connections. It just, I don't know, it feels to me like um, a lot of times the right are fighting for uh, I don't because I don't think they're very I don't think they understand policy very much. And so they're fighting yeah. for the talking points that they hear on but Fox the, News
1: talking points. They don't actually look into what it actually but they, is. They yeah. And it
0: doesn't seem like points. they're for any policies these days. And I don't want yeah. this to turn into a, a hate towards conservatism. Mm-hmm. I just want to understand why it is that they die on that hill when we're trying to fight for their progress as well.
1: Yeah. I don't understand it. I honestly don't.
0: Yeah. It just feels like ignorance and yeah. being exploited and take taking advantage of people's taking advantage of their niceness, taking advantage yeah. of their compassion, taking advantage of their religiosity, taking advantage of their hard working principles. And that's what I mean is that when I when you get boil it all down, I actually think that some conservatives have more principles and character than some of the liberals I've met even though I believe in those policies a little bit more, usually, I actually feel that there's a lot of conservatives that have really good character, really good principles, but then they use it against them. They trick them into thinking only hard work matters without holding your employer accountable, and they're not getting raises, they're not getting upgrades, they're not getting promotions in life, and that regressive thinking comes from... And then it's it's like my friend Marilyn, she's not racist, she's not any of those isms, but at the end of the day, she starts saying things, I'm like, good God, girl, you tell me you're Christian, you tell me all these things, where are these views coming from?
1: Yeah, they don't stop to think about what the talking points they're repeating actually mean.
0: Because they don't understand, yeah, the exploitation mechanism inherent in that argument. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: They like with corporations. They just believe the lie they're fed that oh, you work hard enough, you're going to be up like me. Yeah. Never mind. The head of the company was born with a silver spoon in his mouth and never had to work a day in his life. But he he tells them that, and they've entirely rigged the system. They just believe that instead of
0: well. And i I want you guys to understand that Rebecca and I aren't these extreme leftists, woke liberals. We are small p progressives. We believe in progress, best practices, good science. And, and, and building a strong middle class, and that helps everybody. And that's the thing is, do I have, do I agree with some of the Democrats and the Democrat principles? Uh, yes, only insofar as a good policy is good policy. If Republicans started bringing policies to the floor that I agreed with, I might just say yes. And I do believe at the local level, uh, Republicans can do a good job, but at the national yeah, level, yeah. it seems like all they do is fucking stick their tongue up Donald Trump's ass. Yeah. It's weird.
1: Yes, it is.
0: But at the end of the day, the thing is that I don't want to do, though, is I don't want to stereotype people. I don't want to get into patterns of hate, patterns of thinking I'm superior, patterns of I think I'm smarter than or better than. Even though I might be more intelligent or more educated in some ways, I don't want to take away someone's right to exist or someone's right to have an opinion And so what do you think we can do about uh, stereotypes based on race, gender, religion, and political affiliation?
1: Like I mentioned before, just start treating each other as human. Just start treating each other as people.
0: But how do we do that when we're becoming a society of angry, hostile, hateful people?
1: It's really hard. You just have to make a conscious effort to do it because it's so easy to let those things sink into your subconscious and color everything that you do every interaction you have with people so you you literally have to just make an effort to do it and it is difficult it's not easy
0: well you know because i like people because you know that's the one thing i don't want to get to a point where i start uh stereotyping or judging people based on their political affiliation and yet we're living in worlds now where i believe the vast majority of people who are political uh get into their political encampments and uh there's the we lose nuance and we lose policy we forget that if you care about something in life uh don't look at their party affiliation look at their voting record if your their voting record goes against something you're for uh, and you're voting for them that's not good you know
1: yeah absolutely
0: you know, because at the end of the day, um, I just want to kind of tell you my upbringing, you guys, to, to illustrate a point. Is that um, my? I grew up uh, poor in California. I was raised, uh, well, I had a babysitter when I was three, four, and five years old that was African American. I spent the vast majority of my time with this African American family while my mom was at work at a bank. She was a banker. And at the time, she was a teller. She actually... Put what thirty something years into it, and she became a bank manager. And so my mom, uh, you know, has has raised me always to be uh, to be myself and not to be ashamed of who I am. And then we ended up moving from Los Angeles to uh, San Luis Obispo uh, when I was five, and then I started kindergarten there in 1979. Definitely aging myself there, but I was just um, you know, I was raised around black people until I wasn't. And then I got pulled from L.A. and ended up on the Central Coast. And I had a handful of uh, black friends. But um, we had tons of Filipino and Latinos and stuff. And so I just love that great melting pot. But, um, you know, when you get, like, when I went into the military, um, there was a lot of, I got into a lot of altercations. Like, I got in an altercation with a black guy because he cut in line one day. And then he started calling me, you know, Cracker and all that. And uh, we got into a fight. Well, he punched me. He started the fight when he ended up getting in trouble because I wasn't trying to do anything. But he did it because he didn't like the fact that I called him out for cutting in line. Now, I had no problem with his race. I had black friends everywhere. Mm. But I think there can be, you know, I got into it one time with this kid. Uh, This is all in boot camp. Um, After boot camp, you don't get into these silly altercations because you get into your job and there are more important things to do. But when you're living all these guys together and under one roof, uh, there's just all kinds of uh, hateful things. This one guy, he was Latino from Brooklyn, and he was talking about how I was racist and all this. I was like, "Racist? What are you talking about?" Like. What are you saying? Because I don't like you? I don't like you because you're an asshole, not because okay. you're a Latino. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the military, you know, and all these different jobs, it just taught me to be more worldly. It taught me to not think about, uh, you know, the differences between race, because at the end of the day, I see... S- wonderful beautiful black people every day and i see really shitty white people every day i see shitty black people sometimes too so at the end of the day i get so tired of race and racial differences and um so what do you think is going on there with racists and all the hate what's and why is it seem seemingly attached to the republican party why are because you you would think that that they would not be they would be mutually exclusive Exclusive. Why is it that there seems to be a rich vein of racism going on on the the, in the GOP specifically?
1: I think probably because it's more rooted in the South, and there's still a lot of racist. That's a good point. Ideas, and it just kind of gets passed on generation to generation, and. That's just yeah. kind of a big part of the base. Well, and I'm it.
0: not trying to say that all people on the right are that way, no. but there's a rich vein of it there. And that's what we have to be careful of is that our political affiliations don't ha- demonstrate certain um, <clears throat> evil, devious, uh, wayward things because they they all have agendas. And those agendas, when we support them, we might be just trying to be a good conservative, a good Christian, or something like that, but that's like what I was trying to say about Christianity. I don't have a problem with Christianity. Why would I? I why would I have a problem with God? Why would I have a problem with Jesus? I mean, just because I don't necessarily believe it exactly went down that way doesn't mean that I want to take away people's uh, right to spirituality. But at the end of the day, if your spirituality has agendas... You know, I think a lot of really negative agendas happen uh, behind the cross, is, is the way I put it the other day. Mm-hmm. It's, there's agendas going on. It's not the Christianity. It's some of the people and their agendas and their wealth agendas and their hate agendas.
1: And they attach it to that right. somehow.
0: right. And so that's my point, is that there's a lot of good conservatives out there, but they don't always see the institutional racism or the institutional injustice and inequality, and so... They end up, at the end of the day, supporting systems that are inherently sexist or misogynist or inherently, uh, you know, like just today. I mean, uh, the Republican Party in Oklahoma today just passed a bill in Oklahoma uh, forcing rape victims to carry their rape baby to term. What do you and, think about that? And What's going let the on? The rapist have parental rights, and giving the rapist parental rights. I yeah, have no fucking. You idea. know, because I understand I that's probably coming from a Christian point of view, and that's my point. Is that I don't hate Christians. I don't hate Christianity when it's done correctly, but it has to be done correctly. It
1: rarely is. <clears throat>
0: yeah, that's well. I'm I think-
1: more cynical about it than you are, even. so... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, the thing is, is that, uh, I kind of went on a little tear the other day about Christianity and I was trying to explain how I just don't understand how we could get caught up in something so ancient that we have no relevant. How do we, how can we identify with things that are so different and ancient and they don't speak to me on any level and they just sound very random? That being said, I love Christian values. I love homespun values and I want to get, I want this country to return to A place of good ethics, good morals, good values, and if Christianity helps that, great. But I'm really, really worried about all the right-wing Christian agendas, uh, abortion bans and all these things.
1: A lot of what they take from that is they pick the parts that are very misogynistic. Because they mm-hmm. want to hang on to having the men in charge and keeping the women
0: think. I think, I think at the end of the day, not all, no, but a but lot of a conservatives, of they like the old man's club. They want to yep. be a part of that old uh, patriarchal system where women shut up and mm-hmm. are better seen than heard.
1: And that's where the whole yeah. big part of where the abortion thing comes in. Because that's just their <laughs> way of, of keeping women home barefoot and pregnant, no matter how well, that came about.
0: And. A less cynical version might be that because I think you have a point to that, but at the end of the day, why would they want rape babies to carry to term? It feels like they're trying to punish the rape victim and almost reward the rapist woman.
1: because it's a man.
0: Yeah, wow, yeah. that's that's deep, man. Because I hadn't thought of it on that level.
1: It's absolutely what it is, and yeah. then to give them parental rights.
0: <clears throat> yeah, why like, would you give them parental rights? Oh, because it's I could, I might be able to say. You know, for a sake of argument, I might be able to agree insofar as okay, they believe they're pro life and therefore they want to you know preserve that sanctity of the baby kind of thing. That whole pro life thing, I could kind of sort of understand for their religiosity, but then to add that yeah. patriarchal of yeah. Uh, giving parental rights to a rapist—what in the hell is that? That has nothing to do with their religion. It's just so all
1: about control. Absolutely. yeah if that's really right so. and
0: well and that's my what I'm trying to say you guys is that I don't have a problem with conservatives or conservatism I don't have a problem with Christians or Christianity or any religion at the end of the day we're trying to spread a message of joy and love and progress and peace so at the end of the day why would I have a problem with those things of course not but when you start seeing some of the deeper agendas it's worrisome at best
1: yeah it's fucking frightening.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So how would you say, though, we can get over our political differences? Because you know some guy, some Yahoo out there in the middle of Nebraska or wherever is going to continue voting for Trump, continue voting for Trumpism. And while I try to be that, eh, to each their own kind of guy, there are more dangerous implications there. And so how do we, in these complex times, agree without being disagree- or disagree without being disagreeable and how do we uh, if anything uh, do- can we uh, become friends with those types of people and how
1: I don't know I don't know if it's completely possible because yeah. the powers that be and the people in charge are pushing getting us against each other and pushing the the friction and the right the between parties and well
0: it does feel side. like like uh, Tucker Carlson has an agenda To get, it's a uh, pro-wealth, pro-patriarch, pro-autocracy point of view. And
1: that's what they care about.
0: And I don't understand how they can trick regular people into that. Because I can tell you right now that Craig and Evan would not go for that in and of itself. But they Trojan horse this shit.
1: Yeah, and because they know the right words to say, and then they slip the shit in. I think they
0: try to play on people's sense of uh, freedom, people's sense of religious freedom, people's sense of uh, 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 hard work ethic and things like that. And at the end of the day, I believe in a good work ethic. I believe in uh, a good moral compass. Um, But these people, if they have such a good moral compass, how can they not see and vote with their conscience When they're put in the position of, when you can prove to these so-called Christians that what they're doing, what they're voting for is anything but Christian, anything but moral, and anything but decent, and anything but progressive, how do we get our friends who we love, who happen to be conservative off the juice man it seems like they're on st- like they're on something they're on some they're cracked up on on the cuckoo for cocoa puffs man and they got yeah. to get their fix man yeah and I, how do you get I, them I off know. that heroin how do you get off the fox news heroin i don't know yeah I don't know because you can yeah and that's the thing you guys is like i'm not trying to hate on uh, right wingers it has nothing to do with the That it has to do with if their views made sense and their views were creating a more systemic, a more systemic equality and better jobs and better outcomes. I'd say, Oh, okay. Yeah, that's working. I didn't expect that to work that way. But when you can see the agendas and they're so fucking clear, not only are they trying to force their Christianity down our throats. And I wouldn't mind that so much if it was just religious freedom, but when it starts becoming more than that. It starts getting down into women's uteruses. It starts getting down into the old pater- patriarchal systems of males are better than women. When it starts becoming this system of, uh, of, of, of control and controlling people, uh, through wealth, through their wealth agendas. And, and these conservatives, they vote for it. And yet they're just as broke as us and they benefit, they seek to benefit from the same good, uh, policies as we do. How do they not see it? Are they just not political people or what?
1: Yeah, they're not. They don't look past the surface of the words. They don't look to see what's actually going on. They just take everybody's word at face value and that's that.
0: Right, right. So, yeah, I have here um, why I don't use labels. You know, if I come onto Facebook and I just say this is what I believe and this is why I believe it without labels... Nine times out of ten, you can get a conservative to agree with you. Oh yeah, that makes sense for our society, and that's like uh, a perfect example. Is like when, uh, when surveyed, conservatives, uh, the favorability to- toward Obamacare was like virtually zero, but they but their love of the Affordable Care Act was like sixty yeah. to seventy percent. Yeah, and so what that proves you guys is that it's all about messaging. Is that oh. When you don't have the word Obama attached to it, oh, well, you know, then it's a okay. And so how do we get these numbskulls to start thinking about equality and best practices for our society? Because that's the thing. I mean, I have nothing against a two party system when it challenges our system to, to, uh, cl- to collaborate and, and, and then, you know, they compromise to a point where we get, little bit of something for everybody but instead what we're getting is the the compromise ends up becoming such a compromise that we're getting nothing but watered down bills and and these bills seek to help everyone so what what is going on
1: well i think part of it is we have to be really careful with how we label things it goes down to labels yeah global warming versus climate change obama care well defund the police police if we had said reallocate resources (laughs) you know exactly yeah and that's From the get-go, you have to really be careful about how you label those. So wait,
0: are you trying to tell me that Democrats are bad at labels? They're bad at thinking their platform through. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's always been my problem with Democrats: is that nine times out of ten, they have the better message, they have the more mature policy, they have the better answer, but we end up losing to the quote-unquote cool kids because that sounds. Cooler, they're more victorious. Yeah. And in other words, Republicans act like winners because they're, they mostly stick up for the wealthy, and so they act cooler. They act more victorious. They act stronger. They have stronger beliefs. They have you know stronger belief in their guns and guns and God and glory kind of thing. And it looks strong. So how do we get you know the these better messages, the better policies? But because they're being talked to by weaklings and weirdos and uh, just uh, what do you I mean, what's going on with the Democratic Party? Why are they so weak? And wh- I mean, because even liberals don't like most Democrats because they're too corporate. They're oh, too yeah. centrist. They don't yeah. go far enough. And yeah. so it you feels know. to me like if the if we can't win a war based on right and wrong and explaining what's right and wrong, because even when they explain right and wrong, it's, they say it in such a goofy way that it, they make right sound wrong, and they make wrong sound right.
1: I think a big part of it, is it part of it is, yeah, get all the old asses out of there, yeah, because that's ageist, <laughs> <I, I, well>, hon. <laughs> I don't care <laughs> because it, there's just and and not everybody because Bernie Sanders, right, but right. a lot of the old old-fashioned old-fashioned old ideas yeah. Yeah. just needs to kind wealth. of go along with the times. Yeah, that's of,
0: probably true. I think that's true. Um, so, uh, so, so finding an appreciation for our rivals and those different from us, I know there's no easy answer, but what would you say to conservatives and what would you say to liberals or, or non-political folks? What would you say in general is the way that we can start uh, 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 understanding the message without shooting the messenger?
1: I... Doing away with the labels, yeah. I think is a big. Thing, I think that's part. Even of though it, yeah. I, I, like labeling myself mm. <laughs>
0: because,
1: <laughs> it keeps. But the, I think
0: it keeps the bad ones away. Is,
1: yeah, <laughs> but I think that's a big part of it, and yeah, just, just messaging things better and actually yeah, what better are.
0: messaging. Yeah, I agree because I mean, if you can't message Black Lives Matter right, and that starts becoming where the right can use that as an opportunity to think of Black Lives Matter as a, um, uh, as a uh, terrorist organization. Are you fucking right, kidding? I know. And then yeah. they can't differentiate between the protesters and the rioters and looters. And then it, they, for a while there... They don't
1: there, want to because it Well, right. Their agenda, that so
0: was the just the problem. They exactly
1: what they're doing. Well,
0: and how come we can't seem to fight off this right-wing messaging? It seems like...
1: Because it's the rich people that are in charge. Yeah. And they're the ones that are controlling the messaging and controlling what... That's out.
0: very true. That's a good way of looking at it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's a, f- a shame, too, because I think the world seeks to, because, like I said on a previous episode, we aren't going to get anywhere until we stop digging our heels in and start getting along with each other. And so, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not trying to be uh, pessimistic, but I I don't see how in this politically entrenched Society, We could ever get right-wingers to see our point of view or see leftists to take it easy on right-wingers, uh, especially when the craziest of the left and the craziest of the right seem to be the tails wagging the dog these days And because anytime a liberal says anything, uh, Fox News can point to the woke culture and the crazies. And, and then, of course, MS, MEC, their, da- their whole daily bread, their whole mission in life is to make conservatives look bad so people vote Democrat. But at the end of the day, I mean, while we might be able to agree with that greater message, uh, it, it's I don't think we're winning the war. Because people aren't getting more uh, loving, they're not becoming more caring, they're not getting more educated, they're not learning policy and what policies would work best for the economy, and for working class people, and that just drives me crazy, because I really do believe that when you say to people, hey, we want to help the middle class, we want more opportunities, we want cheaper, more affordable college, blah, 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 and then the word, oh, guess what word comes up? Socialism. socialism. <laughs> Ooh, the boogeyman. <laughs> so, socialism. I have a Talk to you guys about it, my views a little bit in the past. I am not a full boat socialist. I do believe though that Bernie Sanders has a really good platform uh, that that's based on best practices, best uh, ser- best outcomes for the poor and the working class. And yet, you use the word socialism. It's the great big political boogeyman. How do we get people to stop being so afraid of socialism? And what do you think they think socialism is?
1: Unfortunately, you have to not call it socialism.
0: Right. You
1: just have to say, here... Your taxes I th- pay for the fire department and the roads and the bridges. Well, and I think and the that. word
0: being and, called a social democrat would have worked better than yeah. being a democratic socialist. Yeah. Because as soon as you hear the word socialist, anything and everything that's tied to it sinks like a rock. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate because yeah. I do believe we're talking about economic best practices. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, best Outlooks outcomes for all the, parties involved.
1: But people just don't understand that the democratic part of it. Makes it so they're still going to be rich people. They're still going to be successful people, but they're not the the gaps aren't going to be as huge, right? They they take it as oh they're going to take away the money from everyone and and redistribute the wealth
0: like Robin Hood or something. Fine with. (laughs) Well, you are, but
1: but but but, yeah, yeah, they just again, it's the labeling.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that Democrats need to get better at messaging because they get really passionate. And then they they kind of put their foot in their mouth. They say the wrong words, and then that catches fire on the right. And then before and then they got you before uh, the met the greater point and the greater yeah, message before can. Before you're even trying to
1: say gets yeah, out there. yeah. Because I
0: think if we got better on messaging and more on point with messaging, the right wouldn't have so much ammunition to shoot down what would be otherwise pretty good policies. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yep. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the problem I have with Fox News is that they're a wealthy corporation trying to get middle class and poor conservatives to think like rich white guys from New York, from yeah. Manhattan. Yeah.
1: It's exactly like, dude. It. Yeah.
0: Are you really that dumb? Are you really? And the thing is, like, because if you ask the right questions to a conservative and say, Hey, do you believe in racism? That most of them, even if they are racist, would say no.
1: Mm -hmm. and and
0: and a vast majority of conservatives i believe are not racist so when you start to you know when you ask the questions point blank to people do you want growth and opportunity yes do you believe that uh uh, we should build up a better middle class yes do you believe that uh people have a right to good health care yes all these yes 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 but then and then be obamacare oh no well then no <laughs> right yeah. you know it's like it's messaging it's it's how do we get to the lay people the non-political people who i don't think they're stupid they're just politically ignorant people like evan who are good people you know evan moved out to iowa from here he's a big time uh, conservative and now I'm really curious how he's going to vote in the next elections because I have a feeling after seeing all that craziness in Iowa, cause he was even telling us himself, this isn't my words. Those are his words. Mm-hmm. He yeah. was saying that, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm a redneck, but dang. Like <laughs> right. these people are yeah. hillbillies, right? Yeah. And they're so radical and they're so wound up. They're the type of people that you see on the FBI most wanted list because they're possible. Uh, terrorist organizations, mm-hmm. they're possibly uh, militia members and things like that. And w- while I don't want to generalize about the right, because like I said, my friend Craig is a really good guy. He treats his kids good. He's a hard worker. He's uh, an atheist. He doesn't believe in God the way most conservatives do. And while I don't want everyone to become cons- uh, atheist, that's not the agenda. The agenda is to simply get best practices going and build up the middle class so that regular poor people have something to look forward to for once in their fucking life, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Yeah. Okay, so this is the part of the show where I want to t- tell you, babe, I want to give you the floor. Uh, I want to talk about the difference between uh, equality versus equity. All right, baby. So you have the floor. Go for it.
1: Okay. It's not going to be long, but- okay. Anyway, um, it's this picture that probably a lot of people have seen as a meme kind of floating around Facebook, but it's three people watching a baseball game through a chain link fence, but the chain link fence is covered up with boards. So three different people of three different heights. So the first picture is equality. Everyone's given something to stand on. But the thing that they stand on is exactly the same height for everyone. Mm -hmm. So it says in the first image, it is assumed that everyone will benefit Mm. from the same supports. They're being treated equally. In the second image, individuals are given different supports to make it possible for them to have equal access to the game. So the taller person, the tallest person doesn't mm-hmm. need something to stand on, so he doesn't get one. Right. The next tallest person gets one thing to stand on. The shortest person gets two things to stand on. Right. So they are being treated equitably. So you get treated
0: according, according to your to your circumstance, your circumstance or, and not necessarily. Yes. Yeah, yes. because e- e- equality would would mean that if we're going to be all things equal, then we're giving rich people just as much same. food stamps as, yes. it, as anybody else, even exactly. though they don't even need food stamps. Yes.
1: And being treated equitably right. based on your circumstance. You're given <clears throat> yeah. whatever help you need. And then in the third picture, they took the boards away from the chain-link fence. Mm-hmm. In the third image, all three can see the game without any supports or accommodations because the cause of the inequity was addressed. The systemic barrier has been removed. Yeah. So how about just don't put barriers in the way in the first place? And yeah. It gives people equal access
0: now, to things. that's really cool, and that's a really good thought experiment because we're not... When you think about equality, most of us, like I call myself an egalitarian, I believe in equality. But how do we make things equal in a society where we're not at the same starting point, same place? So that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. How would you say that works? How can we put that in practice in the real life? Do you have any examples, perhaps, of that?
1: Um, Well, like you said, and using food stamps as an example. Yeah. Rich people, they're not going to need it. Right. So don't give them the same or any amount. Right. Poor people are going to need more. You yeah. on income. Mm-hmm. Or how about you just make the incomes <clears throat> more equal between everyone? Where nobody so that needs no one food stamps. There
0: you go. Yeah. That's a perfect example yeah. where... Equitable, an equal society means that we um, reward certain people based on need that equals the playing field, Mm -hmm. but an equitable society would be a society where we remove the barriers so that we're all having access to the same good jobs, Mm -hmm. same affordable living, etc., yeah, that's perfect. So that's, yeah, yeah, I like that. So
1: you can't start treating everybody <clears throat> the same when the playing field is completely skewed, and everybody's right. You have to you have to make adjustments. So how about make it more, so everyone starts mm-hmm. out in the same kind of boat? <clears throat> and,
0: <clears throat> and yeah, well, and that's know. why you know because I didn't want this show to start veering off into anger or hate about the right. Mm-hmm. I do believe there's a lot of people with a lot of character, a lot of work ethic really good, wholesome values who are on the right. But sometimes I think they get these Trojan horse either policies or attitudes, the Trojan horse into conservatism where they don't even realize it until it's too late that they're now supporting either policies that are hateful or policies that are unequal or policies uh, that are uh, inadvertently putting more hate, blame, Uh, or responsibility level on the poor or on the working class? How do we get our conservative brothers and sisters to help us fight a movement that they're not seemingly aware of?
1: Well, part of it, it, it's just so engineered from the top down. But they make it so, part Mm -hmm. of it is that people don't have the time to go do extra research if they're busy with two jobs and they're busy with their family and they're busy with this. They have mm-hmm. Fox News on. They listen to what they say. Mm-hmm, and they don't yeah. look into it deeper because they don't have the time, right? To, or they don't have the desire to. They just feel like
0: yeah, well, is
1: telling me what I need <clears> to know. But
0: well, it's pretty sad when um, there are literally have been studies done that say that uh, uh, uninformed people are actually less dangerous than misinformed people and that some of that misinformation 9 times out of 10 comes from the right and not the left and i'm i know i'm biased so i'm trying to be you know i'm not tr- i'm trying to not be biased here because i do believe there are good people good christians good uh, conservatives who w- would benefit from better policies all around but our politics is cattywampus um it just feels like anymore, it's always Matt Gates yelling his fool head off, or Marjorie Taylor Greene going crazy about space lasers or some nonsense. And I know there's conservatives out there uh, that aren't like that. You know, like I always say that we've gone from a bunch of conservatives that were like Hank Hill to a bunch of conservatives now who are like Dale Gribble. And if you guys know that reference, it's from King of the Hill. You know, Hank Hill is a man of principles. He's a man of uh, conscience. He's a Good, strong, quiet, stoic man of principle, and Dale Gribble is a conspiracy theorist and a little bit of a wingnut, and you know. And so, at the end of the day, I hate having to apply labels at all. But I mean, it does seem like the big problem is is that uh, the left is getting too woke, the right is getting too uh, crazy in the sense that they're 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 not believing in reality anymore. They don't need reality. They're kind of uh, we don't need facts to get in the way of our opinions, you know, and i don't yeah. I don't say that to to be hateful. I simply am trying to say that um how do we break through our brothers and sisters who, for all intents and purposes, share our convictions and passions and values? I think they're good people what what is yeah. making them because I don't think the vast majority of conservatives are racist. The vast majority of conservatives aren't necessarily Christian or have some uh, Christian agenda. I think their agenda is to be strong and to be uh, free. And see, when you think of patriotism, you think of strength and freedom. But, like, how do we get them to understand that that's what progressivism is? Strength and freedom.
1: (laughs) And you get them to understand that freedom is not being tied to two jobs and struggling your full head off.
0: It's true, yeah.
1: Because of the rich people agendas. I think a big part of it, Mm -hmm. a big start, would be getting the money out of politics yeah because the citizens
0: united
1: yeah they they control everything right and they can buy off politicians they can buy off elections they can
0: well and that's the problem is that now you know like when they even when they seat a uh supreme court justice they talk about them being uh you know liberal or conservative and it's like yeah when did we get to the point where we're okay with a fucking supreme court judge be having political points of view Yes. And, and while we can't always inherently help it, I understand that because I'm the they're, same way. Yeah, they're
1: going to have some points of view, but they need to keep it out of their job. And that's the whole point of yeah. being a judge is that you keep your, your opinions out of it.
0: Right. And, and that's really the problem is that it seems like we're all getting our identity out of our politics rather than getting our identity out of our morals and ethics, you know? because I do believe at the end of the day the woke liberals mean well I believe that the the right wingers mostly mean well there's of course you know the troublemakers of course no I know but I'm just saying though that the vast majority of people that don't have idle hands they're too busy working they're too busy raising kids they're too busy uh, paying a uh, rent or a mortgage to bother. With all of the uh, radical left and radical right stuff, and so all the regular middle ground uh, conservatives and liberals seem to—they uh, have a lot of common ground. They have a lot of things in common, uh, but we just can't seem to make any headway because of the state of our politics today. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Real quickly, I have written here: uh, tolerance versus intolerance. Uh, obviously, most liberals fight for systemic equality. But oftentimes when they talk about not liking hateful points of view, they become hateful in their point of view of not being hateful. How can we get our uh, left wing, more woke liberal types to understand conservatism, uh, separating the, perhaps the, the the game from the player, perhaps? I don't
1: sometimes I don't think it's hard. They, they shouldn't. Sometimes right. They oh, really? When it comes and to certain do, things, that. And what do you mean by that? As far as like, like, gay rights and right. and, and race issues, there is no.
0: Yeah. Ground well, I agree. Sorry, I agree There's with no- that. When it comes to certain things, well, that's the thing is that I'm trying to be the kind of person that doesn't see the republican party as evil or as wicked or as having wealth agendas except they're there the Koch brothers are real (laughs) these uh pro anti because like you get this um the pro uh uh, miners the not miners miners no um the the um the pro fossil fuel guys who want uh there to be jobs for miners But at the end of the day, I mean, we only got about 30 miners left in the entire world, and yet they're acting like there's 30,000 of them. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, and... And how how come we can't seem
0: to get the Republican Party to understand the benefits of new green technologies? Like, it just seems to me like, not only are our political differences making us more vastly different, but... If you if you got these people away from Fox News for a little while, you might actually start pumping a little bit of making sense into them. In the sense that, why can't we start transitioning into greener technologies and and do so in a way where we're still taking care of the old miners and jobs? Uh, you know, by transitioning over uh, 25 years, you do it over a generation, and that way it's low and slow, and nobody gets hurt in the process.
1: Well, I think. The reason that isn't going to happen is because, again, the rich agendas that are in charge of it. Yeah. They're the ones profiting from and, it, and they'd not prof- They'd still profit, yeah. but just not as much. Right. Because of their greed, well, they won't even consider transitioning to other ways of doing Yeah, things. and
0: that's what I was trying to teach you guys on a previous episode, is that Re- Rebecca and I do not have a leftist agenda. We have an agenda for best practices. We have an agenda for moving the country forward and, uh, socially, economically, and spiritually, if you will. You know, we want the soul of this country back, and we do believe that the heart and soul doesn't just exist on the left, it can also exist on the right, because at the end of the day, you guys, I don't want this country to be a left-versus-right society. And I don't want this to, to, to be a have-versus-have-not society, but they're kind of making it that way. It's almost like we can't help it because wealthy systems own our media and so they're pushing these agendas and some of us see it and some of us don't and so at the end of the day i don't want there to be a right-wing left-wing movement that's all bashing each other constantly and i don't want there to be anger and hatred towards rich people from us working people um but there does seem to be agendas in place that we have no control over and so i guess i would ask you hon what do you think we can do as regular average citizens to sort of not only see the world right, not only tr- try to um try to have more love and at least tolerance for our political rivals and uh and for our uh for those rich people out there, how do we um tolerate their their wealth without feeling like it's slapped our own face? You don't. Yeah. <laughs> I just
1: think Very deliberately, you have to make a conscious effort with a lot of things and a lot of people. If you want to try to make a difference or you want to try to convince someone, if someone's a lost cause, then fuck it. And you just don't. Well, lost causes.
0: there's, I always put it like this, is that not everybody is good for you. And so when I think of like leaving somebody behind, I think of it as they're not going to learn in the time frame I have time for. It's not that they're evil. It's not that they're necessarily bad. But I don't have time to school you. I don't have time to educate you. And I don't think we're going to arrive at a place of finding uh, the heart and soul of each other in any time soon. And so for people that are just lost causes like that, it's not necessarily that one's bad and the other's good. It's more of a, I don't have time to educate you. And I don't have time to sit here. You know, it's like, because I had this one guy a long time ago. He's like... Why do you only want people on your Facebook to be liberals? I'm like, I don't. I just don't want people to be hateful and and scornful every time I have something to say. Because every time you say something, it's like that meme that says, like, there's always that one person that only comes to bash you. You don't hear from them in years, and then the only time you ever, ever hear from them is when they're trying to bash your point of view. And they're like, here I am. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I just think that conservatives and liberals should be able to find common ground and should try to find ways to get along. But like with me and Craig, I mean, I just, you know, like I said, we stick to Cobra Kai. We stick to barbecue. We stick to a comedy because, um, the truth is, is that even when we agree, um sometimes sometimes he acts like oh well, you got a real good point there um uh, but that's not going to change my view and it's like god even when you present a sturdy argument they still don't want to listen
1: yeah it it's hard and sometimes yeah you can make the effort and sometimes you can't yeah and realize you can't for your own mental health just step back and if someone's worth it then you just kind of tiptoe into it and be deliberate about it and right and try to make the effort Yeah. Sometimes you just can't. Well,
0: I always look at political affiliation like this. Like it's kind of like liking your favorite football or baseball team. Is that what if you were a a a Dodger fan through and through your whole life, but then you found out that you grew up when as a baby in New York and you never liked the Yankees, but now you're forced to like the Yankees because. It's a part of your roots. And what what if we took that same kind of what-if scenario to conservatism? What if conservatives love their guns, and they love their Jesus and all these things, but then you start giving them things, incentivizing progress. And now, wow, they actually like good uh, socialized medicine. Wow, they actually like income gap reduction oh wow they actually like it when we fight for better wages uh, less subserviency in our uh corporate uh employment jobs you know so i just ah god it's just like how do you you know because that's the thing is like i believe there are probably some good right-wing activists but then every time i think of who i think of like ben shapiro and all that weird nonsense like i don't feel like they have uh the right kinds of conservatives leading the charge so that they become more credible, less insane, and and therefore uh, make good points that we uh, uh, liberals and and more democratic points of view, uh, in other words, convince me. I mean, make a good Um, argument, you know. They can't. Why not? Because their arguments suck. (laughs) Right, right. Well, that's too bad. Yeah, so what we're getting at, you guys, is we're not trying to g- talk about our differences in a way that uh, brings up bad juju. We're not trying to make matters worse. What we're trying to do is be open and honest about who we are and what others are and learn how to be uh, uh, more tolerant and more loving and more giving uh, in a society that's becoming very hurtful and hateful and having certain agendas and points of view. And so I guess that brings me to the last point here, babe, is um, uh, how do we, what is worldliness? And how do we achieve it? And, you know, because I like to think that I'm a worldly person, what is class, grace, dignity? What is worldliness? And how do we get everyone to come along regardless of our views?
1: you're never going to get everybody no. to because, because <laughs> d- achieving those things requires mm. stepping outside of your bubble. Right. Whether figuratively yeah, or literally. Right. And so many people just <clears throat> aren't willing to do that no matter what. Yeah. So, a yeah. lot of people, it's just, it's not going to happen. Um, yeah. But just achieving that is just by reading things and, yeah. and watching a variety of things and well, like i said on my what's going on
0: everywhere and right because i said on my last show eat a variety of foods yeah i said that's also a metaphor for life is that when we step out of our bubble when we step into because i try to do that all the time because as an empath I sense people around me, I when I'm at the store, I can kind of get a real a bird's eye understanding of people, and I can tell when people are conservative, I can tell when they're liberal, and not just because they have purple hair or something, but you kind of get this uh, look, because conservatives have this kind of face of stoicism, but they also look very angry and verklempt, like they're holding in a turd. <laughs> you know, and I love my conservative friends, um, but they all hold themselves like they've got they're holding back they're holding it's like they just they they're holding in something and i just that's what i mean is like i don't i'm not here to bash conservatism i'm i'm here to get everyone to understand the utility of being more forward thinking and being less hateful and being less regressive and until we identify tyrannical or regressive or oppressive systems in our society how can we better it if we don't know what better is You know, I don't know.
1: It's just such a huge thing and it just feels insurmountable so much of the time.
0: Right. Well, it kind of reminds me of this thing I wrote the other day and I might as well share it here with you guys. It goes like this. They like making it difficult for regular people. It does a few things. We spend more time arguing with each other than challenging the system. We blame blame ourselves for not being tough enough rather than thinking perhaps they've made making ends meet too difficult and without enough incentives to feel encouraged. They continually make the stick longer and the carrot smaller every year. That way, when we get anything at all, we call it progress, even though it can barely be described as such. And so, and so the main point of that is, is that it seems like we're getting so incrementally used to small, small incremental progress that is so small and so insignificant that when anything at all happens we call it a win we call it progress even though it barely registers on the tachometer it barely registers as progress and and that's the thing about the show here is i want people of different points of view to get together and debate heartily But it just, every time I debate a conservative, it just, it's like, it's like playing chess with a pigeon. You know, he ends up shitting on the fucking board. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, I'm not trying to be hateful. I'm trying to get your point of view, but they have a logic gap. It's like, uh, Glenn Beck. Here's my argument. Point A. Yeah. Okay. Following. Here's point B. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Therefore jump the shark. Fonzie, mm-hmm. like whoa, whoa, yeah. wait, what? How? In other words, they've got things that make sense, and then, then, therefore, because all arguments is this plus this mm-hmm. equals therefore this. It's like this, yeah, okay, following. Plus this, oh yeah, yeah, following. Uh huh, uh-huh, equals this. Wait, whoa, wait a second, you you are missing a whole bunch of stuff there, and that's kind of the problem with arguing with conservatives. They, you know, Glenn Beck has a book called Arguing with Idiots. It's like... That's rich. (laughs) That's rich. Yeah, and I'm not trying to be biased. It's just that it just feels like Glenn Beck was that guy, he got sick, and then he understood the utility of socialized medicine, and then when he got better again... Yeah. And then he wrote, he did this big old thing from his hospital bed about how he understood yeah. it now. Yeah. And then six months later, he was back to his own jerky ways. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. And so the thing is, is I'm not trying to oppress conservatives or conservatism. What I'm trying to do is get them to say it out loud, say the parts in their head. Out loud so that they can come to their own conclusions. Just like you guys, I want you guys to form your own conclusions about life, make your own best practices. And I want conservatives not to change, not to become liberal, although that would be kind of nice maybe, but I want them to start challenging our system, challenging our views, challenging our principles, challenging those policies. What are their policies? I mean, that's what I don't understand. At the end of the day, they seem to support policies that oppress anyone that they don't like, they love sticking it to the libs. And that includes creating any policy that makes it harder to live or more hateful to live, except they don't understand that eventually that might make it harder for them to live one day. You know? Yeah. And That's so I am I do not have a leftist agenda. What I have is an agenda for the world to make sense. And so if you are a strong Christian or strong conservative, I want you to come with your fucking A game, man. Convince me. Because all I'm seeing is you uh being Trojan horsed a bunch of bullshit and then calling it fucking you know life serial. it's it's like I just I don't understand it and and I want to understand I want to become a believer I want you know when I talk to my friend Craig it's always like okay got it yeah 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 therefore whoa wait what where did you're missing about 14 steps there and I'm not some giant liberal I'm a centrist I'm a pragmatist you know yeah so. I know that's, the, and what, that's what makes it hard. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem with when we have those political entrenchments and encampments. You know, I was telling uh, our friend Idris today, you know, uh because we were recommending that uh Missing 411, The Hunted, is that the show is all about, because the first one was about missing people that had gone missing. Some of them were children. uh And, and then they didn't really offer a whole lot in way of uh, solution. And then this one is called The Hunted because... It's about a bunch of hunters, and this old guy, this elderly hunter, got lost, and he went missing, and they never found him. But now now later, they're actually starting to think there might be a Bigfoot connection. And I love, I love when non-paranormal, non, you know, you get these documentaries that are like, I don't want to go here, but...
1: They literally said that. Yeah. they like, didn't really want to go here, but... But, got here, some so but here we are go, and they never actually it's <clears> like <throat> so, right it was, and
0: so you have this very yeah. old-fashioned old-timey conservative types these hunters and cowboys who i usually love and that's my point my biggest point about all that is is that i grew up as a hunter um i i stopped hunting uh because it, i it doesn't appeal to me anymore but i grew up from my grandfather was a hunter he was a veteran um but we were small d democrats back when it didn't matter so much if you were democrat or republican you know and so these days i i admire hunters and uh, uh, sportsmen and uh, wildlife folks and it's just that i don't see why we need to kill animals i just don't get it and i don't i don't want to get it i get it but i don't get it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i just feel like with supermarkets around, we don't need to be murdering animals. Like, and these—they say they love animals. I like, really—you love them, so you blast them away into smithereens. How is that love? Don't get it. I hope they don't love me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but that's what we're trying to do, you guys. We're trying to get the world to make sense. And so I have equal love for my conservative brothers and sisters. I have equal love for my. Uh, uh, liberal brothers and sisters, we're you know, we're just talking here. It's just talk. We don't have to get triggered, we don't have to get upset. And that's what I'm trying to teach you guys is that in order to become a better culture and society, we have to challenge not only our own views, but we have to challenge the views of things that we don't always understand. And so, I'm not coming from this hateful agenda, I'm coming from a I literally don't understand it, make me understand, you know.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: So, yeah because i like i said if they're good people if they're good christians show me show me what you mean you know and and maybe they will maybe someday they'll teach me because you know, you claim to be a Christian. You claim to be a conservative. You claim to be, be a patriot. You, you claim that you care about the American people and veterans. Well, I'm a veteran. So why do you hate me so much? Like, you know, it's like they would, they're more concerned about me being woke or liberal than being a veteran. Like you do realize that Democrats go into the army too, you know? <laughs> so anyways, but my point is you guys is that at the end of the day, we want all people to come together and solve our problems together. You know, because that's what this episode is all about. Hate versus love, equality, tolerance, elevated thinking, worldliness, without pretense. If we could all become just a little bit classier, just a little bit more tolerant, that doesn't mean that you're going to get everyone to see eye to eye on everything. But maybe we could at least get to a point where we can start working together on the commonality, common things that we do see uh, that are good for everyone as a, as a, as a whole. And so that's my hope is that talking about all this stuff, we're doing it so other people don't have to. If one conservative or one Democrat listen to this and think twice before bashing someone, then I've done my job because this episode is not about bashing people that are different from us. It's about trying to understand uh, how to be classy. How to be more loving and be more accepting in a world that's just becoming so, so unequal and so, so different. And so at the end of the day, we want to become one tribe if we can. And that's why I, you know, the military taught me, you know, I loved it. The first time I heard this, it was a black guy who said it too. He was a, a drill sergeant. He's like, you guys, there's only one color here, and that is green. <laughs> and we're not talking about money, you know, and that's the thing. There's only one color in the army, and that's green. It doesn't matter if you're black or white. And uh I, I see so many people now assuming that only conservatives go into the army or only uh, liberals uh, care about uh equality or, or progress. You know, I, I just, we have to stop. It just feels like we're just going backwards, and until we get a baseline of at least agree to disagree without being disagreeable. We're just always going to be confronted by, we let the loudest, squeakiest wheels, the craziest, the most, the least loving, the most radical of our society, whether it to be the left or right, speak on behalf of us, and they're the ones that seem to be making all the traction, while all the centrists and pragmatists uh, seem to, you know, in other words, it's just everything, the noise out there, it's becoming so hurtful and hateful and we're we're just so rarely making any headway uh, on our common ground. I mean, at the end of the day, you guys, we're just biological critters. We all need love. We not, all need acceptance. We all need sustainable jobs. We all need better pay. We all need more opportunities. And how can we fight for those things for all people without it somehow bleeding into our politics or bleeding into our uh, religion? You know, like, religion and politics should inform our morality, not the other way around. You, you know, that's all I'm really saying. Yeah. So, anyways, thank you so much, babe. Uh, very good stuff. Uh, thank you for your input. Uh, very eye-opening. Because at the end of the day, you guys, we are, we're we not perfect, and we're not trying to be perfect. We're just trying to help the working class people we're trying to educate people trying to tackle subjects that a lot of people are afraid to and we're trying to do it in a way where we're trying to be impactful and thoughtful and trying to very hard not to be hurtful or hateful um, but at the end of the day you know we have those differences and they're hard to get away from it's hard to be a completely unbiased in a society where we all kind of take our sides here and there you know
1: yeah it is
0: so yeah. At the end of the day, we do the best we can and, uh, hopefully we've changed the mind of people just a little bit. Maybe people can think twice before they talk. Maybe people will think twice before they say that hurtful or hateful thing to each other. I don't know. That's my hope. Um, because at the end of the day, uh, human beings, we're all the same. We all have the same wants and needs and loves. I think what, you know, I think at the end of the day, conservatives see themselves as tougher, whereas Democrats and liberals see themselves as more, uh, I don't know, uh, sensitive. And, and, and I, I don't know, because I've, I've seen conservatives be sensitive, and I've seen liberals be tough. And so, I don't know, I, I just think that we got to get to a point in our life where we're tough and sensitive and doing impactful things for regular people's mental health, regular people's working status, their opportunities in life. There's got to be a way that's non-partisan, non-religious, where we can all sort of agree on the overlap. There, there's a ton of overlap, you know.
1: There is. I, I don't know if the powers that be will allow that. Because right. Keeps, they like us against each other. Well, that's exactly why I wrote
0: what I wrote. There yeah. is that I think they want us arguing amongst ourselves, amongst each other, because when they do, when we do that they laugh all the way to the bank and they're the ones that live off of our hate and spite and our political division and that's just unfortunate that we can't rise above it and be above that influence uh, doesn't mean that I don't have left wing points of view or liberal points of view but I don't want those points of view to hurt anyone, I want them to help everyone you know, and that's where all of our points of view should come from is a place of best practices, you know yeah. And so, if you're conservative or if you're a uh, Christian, we support you as well. Um, you may not agree with our methods. You may not agree with our message. But one thing you have to understand is that Rebecca and I are lovers. We're givers. We're healers. We're carers. We are not here to, uh, to point out your flaws. We're trying to understand our differences so that at the end of the day, we can find that commonality and that overlap. Because at the end of the day, I mean, I have a lot of conservative friends and they're good people. You know? So, yeah. anyways, you guys, that's one more in the bag. We will be back one more time this week. If you want to continue the discussion, you can go over to Rebecca's Instagram at Spooky Nerdy Gal, and you can go over to mine at Surviving Empathy Podcast or simply search for Chef Bry Comedy. Thank you guys very much. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.